All right, Mongrel Podcast 25. Big milestone for us. I was never a great cricketer. If I made it to 25, I'd raise the bat, seriously. If I got into double figures, I'd be raising the bat saying, what an innings from me. <laughs> Record of three ducks in a row in under-14s. Terrible cricketer. So, congratulations, Mrs. Mungrel. 25 podcasts up. Thank you. I kind of thought we'd do three <laughs> and it would die. You had such high hopes for this. <laughs> <laughs> and probably rightfully so. Um, you did it, outdid yourself during the week. After trying to feed me tofu in curry a couple of weeks ago. That was ages ago. I'm holding on to you it. You are. Um, I wasn't impressed. But you roused yourself from the couch the other day on one of your half days at work. Yep. And you made chocolate cake, chocolate cupcakes, and scones and cream. Back yeah, to back. But our bubba helped. Look, help is an inverted helped. commas. Threw an entire egg into the bowl, she <laughs> including the, the shell. Cracked the egg and threw the shell in. <laughs> That was what my great-grandmother used to do to me. I used to complain when I was like four. I was like, oh, it's crunchy. The vegetables are crunchy. She'd be like, don't be so stupid. Eat it. I have to sit there and eat the eggshells. Oh, my gosh. And that's why I'm the way I am. Anyway, a bit of a recap from last night. We had a, a big clash between the Lions and the Suns, which was one of the Q clashes. And I've invited someone in today to have a chat about it because big day. I'll just see if she's oh, here. Jesus. I don't know why you're not there, Mrs. McGreenwood. Come in. Thank you. Thank you, love. I'll just come in and grab a seat, will I? Mrs. Mongrel, I'm here to talk to you, love. Oh, good. Big, big night for our family. Very big <laughs> night for our family. The two Hughes matching up. It's Brisbane versus Gold Coast. Did you watch it? I did not watch it. I was. What? Well, what? I, was, I was too upset. I couldn't handle it. Oh, the you idea of the two boys just... Just going at it. Just going at it. It was I'm... like Joe Ganino on a Friday night, wasn't it? <laughs> two boys going at it. Oh, God. Anyway, I've given a quick rundown. Because you got to ask the question, who won? Ooh, I like it. Who won? Hugh, Hugh. won. <laughs> Hugh won. That's who won. So it was very, very hard for an old lady like myself seeing the boys at odds like that, you know. I wasn't really impressed. But Hugh, Brisbane Hugh, he had... 21 uncontested touches. He has a way like that, you know. <laughs> oh my god. And, and, and Hugh from Gold Coast, he, uh, he had 18 contested touches. He's not as popular. <laughs> <laughs> they were worked up, you know. Very worked up the, the, the week of the game. I was, I was trying to keep them apart. Trying to keep them steady and trying to keep them... Because I'm not allowed in the hub. No, I could imagine you're not allowed in a lot of places. But, but I FaceTime him a lot, <laughs> amongst other players. Oh, my God. And I was just really happy that, that no one got hurt on the night. I was very, very, very happy about that. Except for Brendan Starsevich, he got hurt. What happened and, to him? And Lincoln McCarthy got hurt. Oh, I saw that part. And Jared Berry got hurt. <laughs> but no one important got hurt. <laughs> Neither of the Hughes. So... Uh, I'm really a bit concerned about why you didn't watch the game. This is this was really big. Oh, if something happened to one of the Hughes, I just I'd I'd be I wouldn't be able to work for the rest of the week. We'd have no podcast, no game review. I'd just be crying. Is that a bad thing? No, oh. you're right. <laughs> uh, you've been watching bloody Tangled the series again, have you? Yes. Pretending it was your daughter. <laughs> no pretend. I've been watching a show on my own. Oh. Filling the time without the boys at home. It's called Game of Thrones. You ever seen it? I have, yes. Oh, I've only just started. I got a really good feeling about Rob Stark. <laughs> What's funny? Nothing. He's a good leader. He's going to go a long way. Second choice would be Daenerys. She's lovely. She seems like a nice girl. She, there's no way she'll become a homicidal maniac, is there? Not a chance. Not a chance. Anyway, I just thought I'd drop in and, and talk to you about the boys. I was really happy that they're able to get out of the game. And, and, you know, I was very proud of them both, but... But Brisbane Hugh won, so I'm probably more proud of him, of him at the <laughs> oh, moment. Geez. Gold Coast Hugh, lift your game. Okay. <laughs> no haggis for you. <laughs> thank, right. you thank you for that. All right, um, I might get Mrs. out of here. McGreen Shrek luggage. What? Who's that? Mrs. Oh, I had a bit, of a bit of a cough. All right, I'll talk to you next time. <laughs> Bye. Oh, Bye, love. Oh, oh. Bye. She's a good egg, isn't she? I'm glad she dropped in. Sometimes... Just sometimes I wonder about my life choices <laughs> that led me. Look at the, look to at the this. company you're keeping these days. You got God. Mrs. Green Luggage coming in. 
having a chat on them. <laughs> you. Me. Your rabbits. <laughs> yeah, it's getting worse and worse. Yeah, I believe you You may have some big questions for us this week to, to kick things off after the, the illustrious presence Ugh. of Mrs. Green oh. Luggage. Yes, I suppose I do. Mm. Is the Geelong versus Richmond game this Friday night the game of the season? No, it's not. I don't really know why I'm asking that, but you go ahead. Well, I didn't take any notes on this you would have noticed. Yeah. Because how, how the hell would we know? We don't really know. I mean, every fortnight someone says... this is the game of the season? It's not the game of the season. The game of the season has already happened. What was that? Melbourne. Hello. Oh, God. <laughs> She's back. Look out. <laughs> Melbourne and uh, St Kilda. That wasn't the game of the season. Geelong and Richmond, many people think this is a grand final preview. Oh, oh. But they've thought that about a number of teams this year. They're going to be, oh, Collingwood was an early premiership favourite, then West Coast premiership favourite. Richmond have muscled their way in now, and Geelong have been great all year. Port Adelaide, not being factored in much. But uh, look, it should be a really good one. Richmond can, I think they can still make top four if they make this, if they win this, if they make this. Geelong, they've been fantastic. They'll be looking at top two if they can get over Richmond. They're the form team in the competition. Richmond are still the yardstick, though, aren't they? They're, you know, reigning premiers. It'd be very hard to go past them in terms of flag favoritism. They haven't lost up in the up in Queensland for you know six years or whatever. That'd Big be bias. Cool. Big bias. Queensland bias. I did see a thing during the week, or this morning actually. This during the week. It is. That had the teams that had the longest breaks as opposed to the shortest breaks. Mm-hmm. And Adelaide have had the most short breaks. Lo and behold, bottom of the ladder. Oh. Richmond around fourth or fifth best. So not the best. It's not Richmond bias. But uh, yeah, Adelaide been screwed over by the fixture. Who's and getting the cushy, cushy run? Yeah, you're asking me that now and I can't remember. Oh. But, <laughs> But, you know, you'd probably look at the correlation between that and the latter, and there'd, there'd be a few you could match up and say, oh, well, that's why. All right. Will Josh Jenkins make a difference to the Cats this year, or is he a safety net? He's a safety net right now. Oh, poor old Josh. He's been waiting and waiting and waiting to get in the side, had a bit of a back injury, came in and played in the ruck. I have seen him play in the ruck for five minutes here and there when he was with Adelaide, but he was thrown into the ruck for the bulk of the game last week. Did okay, but I reckon he needs an opportunity up forward. Uh, Tom Hawkins draws a lot of heat, and I reckon that Josh Jenkins, if he gets a run in the forward line, could cause some damage towards the end of the season and the finals. Okay. Is the six-week Harris Andrews injury a dagger <gasps> in the heart wow. of the Lions? Who's phrasing these questions? They're really good. I don't good. know, some idiot. <laughs> They're really, really good. It's not in the heart, and we saw last night that it wasn't in the heart. It's more like a shot in the kidneys. So, you know, ow, ow, I think I'm going to die slowly. They need him back. they got Gardner and Lester down there. They're both really good. And this bloke called Jack Payne wandered onto the scene last night. He came in, had a fantastic game plan against Ben King. And I reckon they have this bloke called Daniel McStay, who he's useless as a hat full of assholes at the moment up forward. <laughs> anyway, McStay's playing uh, forward. Can't get his hands on it. I reckon a run at center half back, if they get desperate, could be on the cards for him. I like it. All right. Sorry, forgot what I was doing. All right. Why are people still underrating Port Adelaide? Another good question. This mm. guy posing these questions, one of my favourite people. Not a guy. But you didn't rate him. Yeah, I'm posing him. They've only lost a couple of games all year. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Saints, which you were really happy about. And they got absolutely belted by the Cats. So I think people are looking at that game against Geelong and going, well, you know, against a good team, they, they got really touched up and that's a good thing did they get touched up did they oh look a lot of things happen in the game (laughs) but they beat richmond and for whatever reason this isn't good enough to satisfy people so they've played on the road they've been in queensland a hell of a lot they've got a great mix of youth and established players i suppose some people are asking have they peaked too early they were really good early in the year are we expecting them to have a bit of a drop off not against the bombers that they played like they weren't interested last week they arrived late at the game. They they got absolutely hammered. They were 10 goals down at halftime, and the game was completely over. That could have been the first 100-point loss of the year had Geelong actually knuckled down the second half and not gone into let's look after our players and preserve them for next week mode. 
they could have really hammered Essendon and they didn't. And I think Port will, you know, they probably should get a hold of Essendon pretty quickly and do the same thing. And then they play Collingwood in the last round, which will be very, very interesting for Collingwood. Uh, Port are basically guaranteed a top two finish, so maybe they don't have a hell of a lot to play for in that last round. All right. Could Liam Ryan sneak into the All-Australian team with two more big games? Oh, I like Liam Ryan. Do you? Oh, yeah. I like watching <laughs> him play. Uh, he's, look, he's probably a, a bit of an outsider in terms of small forwards. It's the same uh, noise you you make when I make you a lasagna. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I don't mind it when there's cupcakes as well. Oh, she's <laughs> made cupcakes. Ooh. Um, so Liam Ryan... He's really come on in the last few weeks. He had a stinker about a month ago, which probably counts against him, but he's working further up the ground, and he does what Tom Papley and Dan Butler don't do at the moment, which is take marks. So he takes marks inside 50, working up the ground, being really creative. Papley's had one goal in the last three weeks. Dan Butler's probably a bit of a safer bet, I reckon. Uh, He puts a lot more pressure on inside 50, and he's playing on a winning team, so it tends to stand out. You're nodding your head. I can hear it. He's playing on a winning team. <laughs> he is playing what on a winning a team. What team they are. But I reckon Liam Ryan's coming home like a train if he has a couple of big games and, let's say, kicks two goals for the next couple of weeks back-to-back. He could sneak into the 40. And, you know, these All-Australian selectors, they have very, very short memories. They really do. Last year, Gary Ablett had a fantastic first half of the season and was neglected in the run home because... They're like, oh, so-and-so's been good. So really, it's not what you do in the first four or five weeks that counts. It's what you do in the last four or five weeks that tends to stick in people's minds. So he's a big chance. I wouldn't mind seeing him in there. Great reward for effort. Okay. Is there any way Lockie Neal can lose the Brownlow? Only after he gets awarded it, if he gets really pissed and leaves it like on a bench. (laughs) He could lose it that way. Um, I reckon we'll know by about round five. So he was arguably in the top two players in each of the first five games. If he polls votes really well there, picks up threes and twos, then he's going to win it. However, if he all of a sudden he picks up like a one or a, or doesn't get a vote in one of those first four or five games, you might think maybe Travis Boak or Christian Petrarca could sneak in there and pick up some votes. I wouldn't mind a few bucks on Tom Hawkins winning it because he does a lot more than kick goals and I reckon people notice that. It's been a long time since a key forward won a Brownlow. Or Nick Nat, in terms of impact, when he's on the field, he's very, very noticeable. And he, his ruck work was fantastic during the during the season. So if umpires are noticing that what the ruckmen do, he's out there about 65% of the time. Could be a, could be a sneaky one to finish, maybe top, top 10 anyway. Very happy. That's nice. Now... Onto the big issue that uh, plagued our house over the last few days. There was a Hawthorne St Kilda game that was conducted. You joined me to do a review of it. Yeah. Uh, still some ill will in the house. I don't know whether you Is felt there? it. No, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm sure you're fine. Uh, the Hawks were useless. Yeah. I was very sad. After falling to Adelaide, there was no way we were going to stand up against St Kilda. We started all right. You... I was very stressed. Throwing a few elbows, though, on the couch there. I was. Could you imagine if I followed you football do, you properly? Do. Oh, for all intents and purposes, you do, right? I'd be unbearable. Like you know mm. how <laughs> you know how some footy fans are just absolutely bonkers. That's me. That's what I would be like. Only worse. Well, I'm not mentioning the tipping at the moment because there's two rounds to go, and I'm sorry to say you are a little bit far back to. Make make a run. You're going to be eating tofu for two weeks, you know that? Yep, that's the taste of victory. <laughs> <laughs> so I've spoken about the Hawks the last two weeks and my disappointment has been evident. So let's concentrate on the Saints. You don't watch too many games, but in the games that you do watch, this was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you like best? Is it Jack Steele? Yeah, you do like Jack Steele. Caulfield? Caulfield was really good. He had he had some great hair. He's got a going bu- on bouffant. There. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, who else did I like? Who was the one I was swearing about? I thought he was best on ground. Ben Long. Ben Long. Ben Long. Yeah. Oh, he was just everywhere. Yeah, he throws himself in, doesn't he? That was pretty crazy. 
I wonder yeah. how someone runs that much and doesn't just die. Well, some people would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some people in this house would. <laughs> yeah, Rowan Marshall was our other one. Yep. Big Rowan Marshall took contested marks. Was really, really solid. I was interested that the Saints actually played three Ruckman. Yeah, you liked that. No, I didn't at the start. I thought, oh, gee, three Ruckman, this could go bad. But, but it didn't then, go bad. You liked <laughs> it. <went> really good, <laughs> considering Marshall played predominantly forward. And we kind of pointed out in a couple of reviews two years ago that his hands are fantastic. So he's a natural forward. So when they throw him up there, he becomes a real threat. And Paddy Ryder, when he goes up there as well, is always, always a threat because his hands are fantastic as well. Ryan Abbott they had in, he was more of your third string Ruckman. Probably lucky to get a game, to be honest, given who they, they have in, on their books. But really worked against the Hawks. Then again, most people's strategies have worked against the Hawks this year. I was going to say, the Hawks lost to the Crows, so... Yeah. 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 We weren't really uh, impressed at all. When I say we, I mean me and our daughter, who's... A Hawthorne supporter, even though she doesn't really know it. No, she is. She walks around saying she's Captain Hawks. Well, she's I mean, got a cape. They gave her a she's cape. She's got a cape. She's yeah. got a scarf. She's got a hat. She loves it. Yeah. She is on board with the Hawks. She's not Captain Saints. Definitely not. Okay. Well, congratulations, Mrs. Mungrel. You've Thank got a small you. victory here. I was hoping I could sway you back to the light side, but you're going down a very, very dark path with St Kilda. I told you, I'm just waiting for the new Ruffy to stand up and get my attention, and then... Did you like Roughhead because he looked like a puppy dog? No. That's Selwood. That's Selwood, right. You know that Roughhead is actually one of the St Kilda assistant coaches, right? Oh. You didn't know this. I knew he was an assistant coach somewhere. I didn't know it was St Kilda. Wow. Look at Wow. Yes. And it all gets darker for me. (laughs) So the race for eighth spot, it looked like no one wanted it this weekend just gone. Is it the weekend or this week just gone? Week. Yeah, I, I can't remember which day it is at the moment. Mm. So the D's have been absolutely horrible. They've dropped their last two. They they look like a team that are waiting for someone else to do something. They've got all this talent, and I have no idea how they're so poor with the list that they have. So GWS fell over to Adelaide. We'll get to them in a minute because I reckon there's some significant problems with the Giants. Then halfway through the second quarter, it looked like Carlton were going to shit the bed against Sydney as well. They gave <laughs> up seven, seven straight goals and looked like they, they weren't interested at all. So you had these three teams that were battling it out for the eighth spot, all looking like they were so far from it. Carlton rallied, kicked the next four, and I think they kicked eight of the last nine goals of the game to win. I'm not sure how much of that is Carlton rallying and how, how much of it is Sydney going into their shell. Probably a 70-30 split. I think Carlton actually forced them to play defensively. But I was really disappointed with Sydney. But well done, Carlton, to actually pull your socks up and, and give it a bash and show that you're interested and keep your finals hopes alive. I thought the Saints might have been in trouble, but they'd have, absolutely have to fall in a hole now to, to miss the eight. They play West Coast tonight. Oh. Ooh, big game. Big game for the boys. So um <laughs> that was uh that was from an interview uh from one of the one of the grand finals in the in the eighties. I thought George was channeling uh old Margreen McLuggage. No, Margreen McLuggage. <laughs> yeah. That's her name. Okay. Um so Stephen Kernahan was a Carlton captain and he speaks like this, Stephen Kernahan, he's got a really deep voice. And they asked him about the game coming up, which was a grand final. And his answer was, it's a big game for the boys. <laughs> I'm oh. like, yeah, Stephen, it's the grand final. Thanks for that. <laughs> Diving into his bag of cliches, and that's the one he pulled out. It's a big game for the boys. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. And he was also famous for singing a rendition of Stand By Your Man after they won a grand final. Really? Oh, he was blind drunk. I can imagine he was. Him. We can look that up if you want. You'll I have do. a good time. I do. I do. <laughs> I didn't ask you to marry me again. <laughs> I would like to look that up. Okay. That would be good. <laughs> do it. Anyway, back on track. The dogs have made their move. They're looking probably likely to finish in there at the moment. Carlton remain an outside chance. And you know what? Collingwood are vulnerable at the moment as well. No one's really talking about them. They play the Suns this week. Now, the Suns weren't impressive at all against Brisbane. They had a bit of a longer break. They should have been a lot better than that. 
they've got a better percentage and they're half a game ahead of GWS and the Dogs. If they lose to the Suns, they play Port in the last game of the year. Now, you'd expect Port, Port Adelaide to beat them. I was going to say Port Melbourne. Port Adelaide to beat them. So this game against the Suns becomes of the utmost importance. Now, the Suns can't make it. I'm really sorry. You were hoping they'd make it this year. I think they'll, they'll give it a shake next year. But they can play the role of spoiler. If they Maybe come out, this will be the late, the final shank in their deathbed. They're just going to... Shank Collingwood. Shank Collingwood as they go down. Well, Collingwood have... Yeah, they were premiership favourite going back early in the season. So their fall from grace has been significant. And you know, that's on the back of missing really, really good players for extended periods of time. So people would say they've done a good job to actually stay in the race. But with two games to go, maybe they're flagging a little bit and someone can jump past them. It's not beyond the realms of possibility here. I said we'd get to GWS, and I want to touch on Adelaide as well while we do, because it's been fantastic to see the Crows get up and about. I mean, we've noticed from engagement with our with our reviews and stuff that the Crows fans have been dying for something positive for their team this year. They haven't had much. The last two weeks, they've been excellent. Their pressure has been off the charts. It's amazing what a decent break can do for a team. So I said before, they were way down the bottom of the ladder in terms of uh, short breaks. And that can take the sting out of your legs at the best of times. So they've had to back up and play on short breaks over and over again. For a team that's under pressure, that would be incredibly difficult to deal with. And I wonder whether we give GWS an, an out here or whether that would be discrediting the Crows. So GWS had players out left, right and centre, but the Crows' kids were fantastic. You had um, McAdam, who was excellent, threatened to deliver several times over the past week and actually did. Tyson Stengel, his best game for the club so far. The Crouch brothers both playing really, really well. Some people have said that Brad might be leaving. Is that Shane? Shane McAdam. McAdam. There you go. Look at you. Yep. Yep. I couldn't remember his name. That's why I just said McAdam. And here comes you. In, <laughs> is that Shane McAdam? I'm like, yes, it is. Well done. Uh, and their ruckman, Riley O'Brien, has emerged as a fantastic big guy. He leaves it all out there every week. Their pickup of Ben Keys from Brisbane. Really inspired pickup. He's looking like he's taking this opportunity seriously. Elliot Himmelberg. Great name. It is. Played against his brother. And... Uh, just extended his contract for two more years with Adelaide. So I know there was a, there's a GWS fan who reads our stuff regularly, was hoping that he would fly the coop and head up to GWS and play with his brother. No such luck. Resigned with the with the Crows this week for two more, two more, two more seasons. He attacked the ball like a genuine key forward. And with Tex in decline, and there's no question that he's in huge decline, they're going to need someone to step up. They've got Darcy Fogarty there. The fog. The fog. Starting to look good. You know, he's still not as involved as I'd like to see. You were showing me his legs. He has huge legs. He has legs that probably top Petrarca and Wines. In That's terms a of... shocking thing to say. Well, look, if he was a tree, he'd be an oak tree. He'd be two oak trees with a body on top of it. He is a monstrous bloke. Um, he's 20 years old. So <laughs> I think he's going to... That's a baby. Yeah, he's going to get better... And he has a mean streak in him. So I've had my own him for two years now. I'm thinking, yeah, he's he's going to be a player. But he's going to take a little while to grow into the role too. 20-year-old key forwards don't exactly blossom quickly. I mean, blokes like Wayne Carey did, but he was a freak. So I've heard. Um, <laughs> so yeah, now GWS. They're missing Perryman and Zach Williams. Both these guys are out of contract end of the year, by the way. So is Jeremy Cameron. They've had Phil Davis and Sam Taylor out for the majority of the year. I want Davis for the majority of the second half of the year, which has depleted them greatly. That's like having, you know, a three-legged stool and two of the legs are gone. You're just trying to balance them. It's Nick Haynes trying to balance the rest of it up. They've had Lockie Keefe come in. He's been good in their absence. They've had Brent Daniels out this week. He hits the packs hard and makes things happen. They're not always good things that happen, but the amount of times he's generated inside 50s for them late in the game and got them over the line this season he's one of the most underrated young forwards in the competition Josh Kelly was out with with a concussion 
symptoms from last week. I'm like, oh, okay, are they reasons or are they excuses? Because GWS has always been mooted as this, mooted. I used the word mooted for you there. Moot, moot, moot. Yeah, you like that. I do, it's a great word. So GWS have been mooted as this team that has enormous depth. And they have players coming through. They've had a great draft hand for the last however many years. But they're just not producing. They're playing flat football. They're playing like a team who aren't enjoying their football. And maybe there's a lot of teams that aren't enjoying their football at the moment. But players like Jeremy Cameron looks like he hasn't got near it at all this year. He just kind of meanders about. He was absolutely beaten down by Daniel Talia this week. Jeremy Finlayson, who's kicked a goal in every game he's played this this year, sometimes looks like a petulant child out there. He gets, gets the grumps about him. And he's one of those guys who... He wears his heart on his sleeve. Usually wears a sleeveless top, which makes it really difficult to wear your heart there. But, <laughs> but yeah, he looks as though he's displeased a lot of the time out there as well. Now, he was re-signed last year at the Giants for next to nothing. You know, he was on the table to be traded away and no one really wanted him. And he responded with a big season, kicked a heap of goals, fell over hugely in the grand final and hardly touched it. But... You know, on a week-to-week basis, he's a contributor, but he just looks like he's very grumpy at the moment. In in fairness, and you're just talking about is anyone enjoying their footy at the moment, I don't think anyone is enjoying much at the moment. I mean, if it's horrible for people who are locked down in their regular state at home, able to do their own thing, imagine what it would be like... Locked down at a resort? Yeah, it's still oh, not nice. shocking. It look... I know, I know it sounds great. No, everyone has their own issues with, exactly. with that, I suppose. Exactly. I mean, there's so, all those, is, there's none of your comforts. It'd be of like your you house, your saying, home, them your saying place. to you, okay, we're going to take you out and we're going to put you up in the Gold Coast, but you're still going to have to do your work from up there. So it's almost like a holiday that you can't enjoy. Yeah, exactly. So I understand that. Stephen Cornelio has just signed a seven year deal with them and was awarded sole captaincy. But I'm yet to see him produce one moment this season where he puts his hand up and says, follow me, to the group. He's He doesn't strike me as the sort of leader that a Trent Cochin is, or a Joel Selwood is, or someone that will crack in and do something that will make the players think, I'm with this bloke, I'll follow him into battle. Isn't that a pretty rare kind of attribute to have? Oh, look, they had a bloke up there named Callan Ward. Now, he's been injured, but he was that sort of bloke. Phil Davis, I reckon he was that sort of leader. Now, I'm not sure whether part of the Cornelio deal was the captaincy. It kind of seems as though it was. There's stories going around that he didn't want to share it. Now, whether that's true or not, I'm not really sure. But that's, that's what you read, that he wanted sole captaincy. I wonder what that sort of stuff does to the fabric of a team. I would follow Phil Davis into battle. He's the sort of player that would stand under the footy. <laughs> He's the sort of player that would say, look, look. Look, follow you, me into battle. HB, go sit down. <laughs> I'd already be sitting down because I would anticipate him saying that. I'd be like, oh, he wants me to sit down. I'll go and sit down. So if you think that maybe this may have been part of his contract arrangement. Negotiations. I mean, there's a, a lot of people think they can be a leader without actually understanding what makes a good leader can I, put even... it, can I put it out there that we work with quite a, quite a few no comment from you no okay. comment from me uh, whatever is said on this podcast does not reflect my opinions of my workplace yes it does <laughs> or whatever I need to say to cover my butt <laughs> so there's a few blokes out there who look like they're desperate for GWS one of them's Heath Shaw who has been throwing his heart and soul into every contest in the last few weeks Nick Haynes is the other one there's a few blokes that look great with the footy. Bobby Hill has been wonderful for them. They took a ma- magnificent mark this week. And some of his creative play with the ball has been exactly what they need. There's a few getting a heap of it, but they're not really hurting at all. That's Jacob Hopper and Tim Taranto at the moment. Toby Green can't save him every week. He does some amazing things. He does some creative things. But if they're reliant on him to come and save them when they're, when they're down and provide the spark all the time... I'm not sure any player in the league has the capacity to do that. I know you said provide the spark, but for a moment there I heard provide the sparkle, and I just love it. He does a bit of that as well. Yeah, I like it. That's nice. Maybe he can sparkle in finals if they get there. Mm -hmm. But they've got to get there. They can't rely just on him. They've got two weeks to get things right. 
And there's no one but themselves to blame if they miss this year because they've lost games they should win and they just haven't shown up at times. They signed their coach, Leon Cameron, to a two-year extension just a couple of weeks ago. And I wonder whether this comes back to bite them if they miss finals. Because no one was really clamoring for his signature. He was a coach that was locked in and the extension seems a little bit premature. I mean, you, the prudent thing to do would have been to wait and see how they go this year. I mean, if they miss finals, that's a huge loss. That's a, a massive fail for the year. If they do miss finals, I wonder if we see a bit of an exodus at GWS. Because I reckon there's a lot of players there because they think they're in the premiership window. So Jeremy Cameron, still no contract. Harry Perryman's 21 and looks like... Well, if not a star, a very good player in the making. And you've got Josh Kelly, who kind of signed one of those crazy ongoing extension kind of deals where he has the option to renew. renew. Yeah. Um, the, the website I use, footywire.com, really, really good site, has all their contracts in date. And they're saying that his end date is after 2021. So he's contracted for next year. But if he wants out because he doesn't see the team going anywhere, maybe maybe it's time to get rid of him and, and look to retool a little bit. So yeah, Giants got two weeks to turn it around, because if they don't, with the talent they have, I, I can't see how this season could be graded as anything but a failure. Mrs. Mungrel. Yes. I reckon you might have a uh, bit of a, an opinion on this. Then again, maybe you don't. Who would you pick as your team to rise up the ladder in 2021? Oh, I've got a couple. So I would say uh, the Saints. Again, Even though they're already up come there? smashing through. Look, I don't know what's happening. I just, <laughs> I just, just think... Just your, it's the vibe. <laughs> it's the vibe. It's Marbo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the Saints and also the Ds. The Ds? Yes. Hmm. They're going to regroup. You know, oh, have, have a, to. Have a nap, have a think. Yeah, have, have another off-season. Have a bit of a rest. And they're going to come back. They're going to do lots of leg presses and squats. That always helps. They're going to come back and just blow everyone away. No, and, I thought uh, you were just going to say they're going to come back and blow everyone. <laughs> like, yeah, well, they, they did that this year. <laughs> that does sound like something I'd say. So, um, and also, I think... The Hawks will do better. I do. I do. I think they're going to absolutely just just ruin themselves this year. It's just stupid. They don't know what they're doing. But I think they're going to come back, and then they're going to be really angry next year. Good, because they've been too sociable. They've been the sociable Hawks this we year. We don't like that. We like unsociable. For me, I'm picking Fremantle. I reckon I've been looking at their list... Like most teams, they've had injuries dictate how they're going to go this year, and the same will be next year. This year, they've lost Pierce and Hamlin down in their defense, which, are again, we spoke about the two pillars being lost at GWS. This is similar at Fremantle. And don't forget about Griffin Logue, who was the likely replacement. <laughs> Stop reading the notes. <laughs> I was trying to say that with a straight face and a straight voice, and I couldn't because obviously... I don't even That's know it. who he They've is. They've ruined the segment. I'm leaving. I'm bringing back Mrs. McBreen luggage <laughs> to finish off. So they've had Luke Ryan down there basically holding that, that defense together. And they've had Brennan Cox slotting as well. So Brennan Cox, oh, my jury was out on him early on, but he's really come into his own. He looks like the most calm and oh, uh, casual, the most casual player in the league. So he kind of trundles back there, collects the ball, looks around. Pressure's coming at him from everywhere. And he's like, no, nah, I got this. It's all right. I got this. And he clears the ball away. I'm like, wow, this is... They, they found one in him. They've definitely found one. Blake Akers was out for a significant... Good name, Blake Akers. Do you like that? I do. I yeah. like Blake Akers. Blake Akers. He was out for a significant time with a hamstring tear, and he was looking really good in the preseason as well. He's only getting back to his best right about now. Darcy Tucker out, Hayden Young out, Sam Switkowski, sounds like a crystal manufacturer, <laughs> and Sam Sturt, they were yeah. all out as well. So they're young blokes, like all those blokes, pretty young, all out of the side. They're going to come back bigger and better. 
next year. They've got rid of their fitness bloke. Someone, uh, his name's Weber. The official Weber. title. Weber, yeah, fitness bloke, his name is. Ooh. That's what I wrote down. A high-performance manager, they call it. So when you keep getting soft tissue injuries and players going down hurt, and then their recovery isn't great, yeah. people have questioned how they're operating at that level, why their players tend to be injured for longer with conditions that others are recovering from quicker, which is redundant to say that, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. that's anyway. okay. So... If they get a new fitness dude in there, it's another oh, official go title. Back to fitness bloke. Yeah, fi- like fitness bloke. They get another fitness bloke in there who can actually pull this team together and then injuries are minimal. I reckon they hit the ground running next year. What they've got is impressive. They've got the midfield trio of Brayshaw, Chera, and Sarong all stepped it up this year. Chera just had 30 touches, had wonderfully clean hands in the wet, and kicked a goal from the boundary in the last quarter. Their re signing, Brayshaw and Chera, must be a priority in the next 12 months. To lose one of those guys, you undo all the work you've put in. They're both top 50 games for their career. They're both like 20 years old. They're looking like the future of the club. They've got unsung defenders to help out Luke Ryan. Taylor Duman was on track for his best game of his career and got hurt just before halftime, so set out the second half. But he was looking fantastic. Uh, Ethan Hughes, underrated as well. I spoke about Brennan Cox. Matt Taberner, injury-free this year. He's second only to Charlie Dixon in contested marks with zero fanfare. So everyone else is like, oh, Charlie Dixon this, Charlie Dixon that. Matt Taberner, on average, has been just as good. 25, 26 goals for the year. But the thing he's missing, he hasn't had one of those big breakout games where he kicks four or five goals and you know takes the game over. And everyone goes, ooh. Yeah, yeah. So he's just consistently been getting his two, three... Yeah, one here and there, but every week he's been doing that up until this week, just going to kick zero zero goals and three points. So it was the first time all year he hadn't kicked a goal. They got Reese Conquer emerging emerging as a lockdown player, which is a role that he seems to be embracing. Michael Walters, if he stops ducking his freaking head every time he goes for the ball, will be Yep, everyone knows how good he is. But he has been ducking his head way too much this season. What does that mean? So when there's a contest and he runs at it, yeah. he's gonna get tackled. Instead of trying to evade the tackle and or give the ball off, he ducks his head, and then when the contact comes, he throws his head back, trying to draw the free kick. Drama llama. A little bit of a drama llama. And he's done it so often that umpires just aren't paying it now. So when there is a free kick there, and he does get taken high, they're like, nah, sorry, Michael, that's we know it's, what you're doing. That's just your thing. The funny thing was, this week just gone, he actually laid a high tackle and gave away a free kick inside the opposition's 50-metre zone and then complained that the guy ducked. And I'm like, oh, Mr. Pot. Here's Mr. Kettle. <laughs> yeah, so they've got players also... We can't go without mentioning Nat Fife. I mean, he's going to be at the top of his game for the next three, four years. Could even move forward and, you know, play his trade up there. Players like Mitch Crowden and Lockie Schultz as well up forward could provide something. You wonder who they move on in order to bring someone else in. There's been rumours that Jesse Hogan wants to try somewhere else and I don't think they'll miss him too much. Uh, there was a column during the week saying that they were fattening him up by playing him at the moment. So normally they wouldn't play him, but because they're thinking of moving him on... Making him look good. Yeah, similar to what mm-hmm. Essendon did with Joe Danaher. And Connor Blakely as well hasn't been in their best 22, but people were really high on him prior to the season so he might move on as well overall uh Fremantle health permitting they're my team to rise up the ladder next year so not not the demons or the saints or the The saints are already there the hawks i think have a couple of years of pain to come now and that's all right when you this is going to sound a little bit condescending and arrogant which is crazy considering (laughs) I have nothing to do with the club Uh, but when you win three flags in a row I think you're almost resigned to having a period after it where you're not in contention and Hawthorne has tried to bypass that period and become contenders again and it hasn't quite worked out so maybe three years or so of not contending wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for them Uh, Melbourne come on Melbourne I I was a D believer coming into this season I thought they'd turn it around but people have used the phrase mentally weak with them and look 
I'm not a sports psychologist. I'm I'm just a regular psychologist. <laughs> Come, lay down on oh, the couch. No. <laughs> that we don't have in this room. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they'll they'll struggle again. I think they've got all the tools and something's missing upstairs. Anyway, Conor McKenna reco- retired. Surprise! Mm. Did you see that one coming? I think everybody saw that coming. Yeah. Look, we've not been entirely complimentary to Connor on this podcast this season. Uh, he was kind of holding Essendon to ransom at points with his, you know, I want to go home. I want to play forward. I want to do this. And Essendon were just kind of caving in, going, oh, you can do whatever you want, Connor. Off you go. You you want to play forward? Okay, your best position's at halfback, but we'll play you forward because it's what you want. And I was like, nah, look, this guy's got one foot out the door. And uh, yeah, look, despite the fact that we weren't really on board with the McKenna Express this year, we do wish him all the best. It must be really difficult to move halfway across the world and play sport and then be under pressure for allegedly breaking COVID rules and cop and all that sort of shit as well. So, you know, let's hope he's happy, goes home, plays Gaelic football and lives a good life. Yeah. Irish, Irish experiment over. Yep. So I wonder whether that'll be a bit of a red flag to other teams. Hopefully you can take uh, Connor Nash and Connor oh, Glass with him. shouldn't be. From Hawthorne, that'd be good. Uh, no, there's been a few real success stories. Zach Tui at Geelong, massive success story in terms oh, of the Irish players. So That's nice. Look, he may not even be Irish. I'm just making that up. Oh, gosh. <laughs> How oh, he my is, God. But, but he, might, <laughs> he might not have come over as part of that program. <laughs> uh, look, there's a couple of players who obviously want to leave Essendon as well. Orazio Fantasia is another one we've whacked on here. He's looked disinterested for the whole the whole of the last two years. He looks like he doesn't want to be there. He tried to manipulate some sort of deal with Port Adelaide last year and botched it up so badly that Port Adelaide walked away and, thought, and said, we're not interested in him even next year. We're not interested anymore. If he wants to go back to South Australia, his only recourse may be the Adelaide Crows. Now... If they're looking to move Brad Crouch on, that may come in and solve a part of Essendon's problem with their inside ball winning kind of lack at the moment because they're desperate for someone who can get in there and win clearances and it's part of their natural game because they've got players doing it at the moment. that It doesn't come naturally to them. They're still pretty good at it, but it's not what they love doing. They have Merritt, outside player, Shield outside player, Heppel, when he's fit, outside player, and they're being forced to be clearance workers, and Brad Crouch does it by himself. He doesn't have to be pushed into it. I'd also look at Will Brody at Gold Coast, if I were them. Can't get a game up there. And Charlie Constable at Geelong, who I think he's been really impressive when I've seen him, but yeah, he's trying to break into a really good side there. Maybe all he needs is an extended opportunity, and I reckon he'd get one at Essendon. So I mentioned before... Saints and Eagles tonight. By the time people listen to this, it'll probably be over. Who would you uh, be tipping in this game? Tipping the Saints. Tipping the Saints. Is there any reason other than the fact that you like them? I do what I want. Um, oh, yeah. You're, you're a rebel. <laughs> yeah, the Eagles lost last week. They sure did. Didn't they? They oh. did. I was just hoping that I was right there. <laughs> <laughs> 50% chance. <laughs> and I, I do like the Eagles. I usually always tip the Eagles because they're another one of my favourite teams. I have many favourites. You do. You, um, you've got half... Like, in any given week, you could pick five or six teams. You're like, yeah, they're my favourite. Easily. And then that changes... I have no problem with that. Cycle one in, cycle one out here and there, depending on... my favourite. No. So you never lose, really. Well, I lose quite a bit, but that's not the point. Yes. But, um, yeah, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tip the Saints, just because, you know, they did so well last week, and that was nice. And I like to think they're all jazzed up and ready to... Ready to go. Jazzed up. Yep. Whereas uh, um, the like, Eagles... I just said they're warm up. <laughs> they're jazzed up. Whereas the Eagles, I think, might feel a bit tired and, and just a bit fed up of the whole business. A little bit depressed because they don't get a grand final at home if they make it. So, you know, just all those things. I reckon this is a line in the sand game almost for West Coast. I think that if they lose this, I don't really think they're going to contend. I, it's just a gut feel. But eventually you've got to beat a, a good team away from home. Now the Saints aren't the best team in the league, but they're up there. They're a top eight team. You go up there and you knock them over. I'm like, okay, well, maybe the West Coast are back. They've got to learn how to win these night games. Well, the grand final's at night. If they make it, chances are the ball's going to be a little bit slippery. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> chances are the football is going to be 
a little bit slippery and they've got to learn to play in these conditions. They reckon they're really missing Elliot Yo in there and it looks like Jack Redden is out now um, hurt his thumb last oh. week and he's one of their best players. So apparently he kicked someone else kicked someone else in the bum and hurt Jack Redden's thumb. <laughs> what was it doing there? Uh, Cats and Tigers, we covered, but uh, this is a litmus test for Geelong, I reckon. This they've, they've been cruising along, and they've been really, really good. Now they come up against the team that knocked them over in the finals last year. They've got Tom Hawkins in possibly career-best form. What's your gut feel? Who's the other team? Uh, the Tomcats. <laughs> the Tomcats against the, the marginalised minorities. Who you got? Oh, no. I only know the cats that are there. (laughs) Cats and tigers. Cats and tigers. Thank you. Um, Oh, no. Right. I'm going to say the cats are going to win. Really? You think it's their time? That's my hot tip. I think it's their time to get up. Yeah. This is the the sort of game that... That's Puppy Dog Selwood. Puppy Dog Selwood. I'm not sure if he's playing, actually. Uh, He's... They rested him last week. They thought he might have been ready to go. But I reckon they may have had their eye on this game coming up going... he might look a bit sad on the side, and the, the other boys will just go, "Come on!" You really think he does have puppy we've dog eyes? We've got to do it for Selwood and and make cheer, nah, cheer our puppy up. I'd rather him in there. I'd like to see Selwood versus Cochin one more time in the middle. They're, those two, look, I don't back for either team, but I reckon the two best leaders in the competition. Ooh. Those two blokes. So head to head would be fantastic. North versus Frio. Oh, oh, Frio. Frio, you're on, on board. We're saying North Melbourne. North Melbourne? Yeah, no, no. You're done with them, eh? I've Wash your hands. entirely. Yeah, look, their season hasn't been great, and they're limping to the line. They're going to get a good draft pick, and what they do with their out-of-contract plays is going to be really interesting. They've got a whole heap of them out. GWS versus Melbourne. Winner can make the finals, loser won't. Uh, this is too hard for me. I'm getting stressed. You're getting stressed? Yeah. Well, I love both those teams. Well, I don't really like either. I'm going to say Melbourne. You reckon Melbourne's going to... Well, I think Melbourne's going to win. They're either real hot or real... Actually, both teams are real, either really hot or really cold. I just think GWS have probably got a bit more talent and might be a little bit hungrier than the Ds. The Ds, they seem resigned to the fact that they're going to be also Rans this year. Blues and Crows. Oh, Blues. Crows have won two in a row. No. Two in a row. No. It's a record for them this year. One in, one in a row was the record. <laughs> and now two in a row. I think the Blues, they might be a bit tuckered out. You reckon? Yeah. Should go home and have a bit of a rest? I think everybody should they've go done their work. have a rest. They've yeah, done their work now. they've done a good job last Do you know, days. if they won their next two, they beat the Blues, and then they beat the next team, which I'll tell you about in a minute, they could get off the bottom of the ladder. Oh, no. It would be Four the straight there. wins. North Melbourne. Oh, but oh, no, that, wait. that I would be you meant, uh, they would avoid Melbourne. their first ever last place finish. Oh, that Never finish good. last. Unfortunately, they play Richmond in the last round. So sorry, Crows fans, you got to finish last. Um, yeah, look, I can't I can't tip against the Blues. They've been they've been better here and there than the Crows, but they have they're prone to having some really poor quarters as well. So if they give up five or six goals to the Crows in a quarter. Well, there could be an upset on the cards here, but I'm I'm tipping the Blues. Hawks and Dogs. You know what? Dogs. Yeah, I think Dogs. Yeah. Pretty easily. They've got too much to lose. Hawthorne got nothing to play for. Brisbane and Sydney. Brisbane. Brisbane, yeah. Sydney were good. Why against... am I giving you all my tips? You might take them and use them for your tipping and then... Because it's worked so well for you, hasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, your your writers might take them and use them for their tipping. Now they need a bit of help. Some of them are languishing pretty badly. Yeah, Brisbane the consensus. Pies versus the Suns. The Suns. round the round out. Yeah, he's taking the Suns. I'm taking the Suns. You reckon they're going to upset the apple cart? Yep, I think the apple cart is already a bit wonky. Yeah, well, look, if the Pies can can win, I think they've got Jeremy Howe, who's a few weeks away, and he was one of the best defenders in the league for the first first section of the season and then he had that knee injury where his knee kind of bent the wrong way in the tackle and yeah there's no are, apple pie happening here it's done apples are done <laughs> worm infested they're rotting they are. I think the pies will win the Suns were pretty ordinary this week and look they've been better this year than I expected them to be they've won 
well, more more games than three. I expected them to win three to four. They've been better than that. And look, I, I think the Suns are going to have a big year next year. Just looking at those kids they've got, another preseason into them, if they can pick up one, possibly two more established players and offload the players that aren't playing, like Peter Wright, Will Brody, Braden Fiorini, and get some value for those guys, they're, they're going to be pretty good next year. I'm a Sun believer going into 2021. Are you? Haven't I always been? I think they're in my list of favorite teams. Yeah, well, you've nine got, teams that I like. You've got half the league in there, so <laughs> you know, chances are they could be. Well, the next team we spoke about could be. But uh, yeah, that might wrap us up this week. What do you think? Yep. Do you have anything? We don't have any mongrel, Mrs. Mongrel All-Star team this week because... No, I'm too busy. You're too busy. You didn't give it any thought at all, did I you? Forgot. You forgot. <laughs> I forgot. This is your thing. This is Mrs. Mongrel's All-Star team. You started my thing. Then again, I started the mongrel punt, so all of this technically is my fault. Remember that, guys. Whenever I make a mistake, <sighs> Mrs. Mongrel just took the blame. It is. It's my fault. Such is life, Why right? Why did I do this to myself? Ben Cousins was onto something. <laughs> Such oh is life. God. We'll leave it there. Talk to you guys after this round, which finishes on Sunday. No, Monday. Monday night. Sun Monday. It's a new new day. New day. Sun Monday. We'll see you then. Take care, guys. Bye.